0: And this, this talk is on the five daily recollections. Some of you may know what they are. And before I get into them, I'd like to to, to share a, a a short teaching story that some of you are probably very familiar with. That I sometimes feel like this could stand for the whole talk. And it would, if I was being very something I don't know Zen or some particular kind of. Something, I'd just tell you this little story and then we'd all just sit in silence and contemplate this story. <laughs> but I don't think I'm going to do that. I might. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Probably not, though. So this is the story of the tigers. And there's a, a man. Could have been a woman, this case is a man. There we are. Oh. He's running along, running along. He's being chased by tigers. He's running and trying to get away from these tigers, and he runs and runs and he's going through the jungle, and he's doing really well, and he's managing to just stay ahead of these tigers, you know. And then he screeches to the halt to halt at the edge of a cliff, but just... you know, oh, and he falls over the edge of the cliff. And he's falling down and he grabs hold of this vine he manages to hold his so leg. You can imagine him swinging, oh, my God, like this. My wireless. Oh, I just managed to save myself. Phew. And so hangs there. But then he looks down. He says, oh, my God, there's some tigers at the bottom as well. Oh, no, but surely I can. Maybe if I just hold on and somebody will come, and you know, maybe. And then he looks up and he sees a little mouse gnawing at the very vine <laughs> that he's holding on to. We all know what's going to happen, don't we? And just in that moment, and he sees the little mouse gnawing the very last little bit of the vine, and he feels it pulling, and he feels himself going. And he just looks to one side, and he sees some wild strawberries going and growing in the cliff. And he reaches over and takes one, and puts it in his mouth, and... Ah, delicious. The end. <laughs> okay, that's the teaching. So off you go. Okay. <laughs> um, I love that story. I, I think I've probably heard it many times, um, and it's it's always one that's sort of stayed with me. And this is our this is our predicament actually, isn't it, actually, um, we're always dangling on that vine, so, hmm, <laughs> so that's what this talk is about, about the hmm, kind of, so what's, what do we do about that? And about knowing that, about coming to terms with that, I, I realised like I've I've been th- this theme. I'll I'll, t- I'll say what the five recollections are. In, 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 yeah, I was, hmm, keep them guessing. What could these five recollections be? <laughs> um, I, I I was, was while well as preparing this evening. I, I was thinking about a conversation in small group today and yesterday, and then. With a friend, and and thinking how it, it's like, there are you know, there's things you don't talk about in polite society, and yet here on I feel in retreat, we can talk about these things. And this is just you know, people who are in the group with me this afternoon know what I'm talking about, but you know, you probably all know it's amazing, isn't it? Here we talk about this stuff. With you talked with you talk with somebody outside of this, and they either call the police or an ambulance or. You know, sort of, I don't know, something. (laughs) So, sort of, I I think my my reticence in in speaking about this is this sense that it's not very polite, but hopefully, maybe it's okay. The five daily recollections. And these teachings, it's maybe worth remembering before I say them, that... Every all the parts of these teachings and practices that we explore here have one purpose. That they are an offering to help us, to help us. Uh, they are a compassionate offering to to help us to not suffer, to to understand our suffering, to um, find out. About that second arrow that um, Jenny talked about a couple of nights ago. So, with that in mind, um, I'll, I'll just—I'll just read these. I don't know why I'm holding back. <laughs> see what your response is. Maybe just one more thing. Honestly, I'm prevaricating. Terribly, aren't I? See, I'll see if I can get through forty-five minutes of actually telling you what they are. <laughs> You'll be. We're not letting you out of this room until we tell us what they are. Um, I first, I first met. No, no. I will tell you what they are, and then I'll say a bit more about. It. Okay. Big deal. Huh? Okay. So see, see how the, see how these land for you. See what the, how the effect is. I am of the nature to grow old. I am of the nature to get ill. I am of the nature to die. All that is dear to me will change and vanish. I am the owner of my karma. I am of the nature to grow old. I am of the nature to get ill. I am of the nature to die. All that is dear to me will change and vanish. I am the owner of my karma. <laughs> so, these, so just notice, just notice. You know, for me, it's just like they're all going to get up and leave. You know? <laughs> it's like New Year's Eve we don't to do this. I don't know. It's, it's, it's not, it, it's, uh, so just noticing how that lands. And uh, so this is our topic for this evening, our theme. And um, this is uh, a practice that I met um, several years ago when I was on retreat at the Forest Refuge in uh, IMS in America. And this, these words were pinned up on the notice board, and so whenever you would go and read the notice board, which, as you know, is fairly frequently, here would be these phrases. And apart from the precepts, the ethical precepts, this was the this was the you know this was the thing. This was the notice there, and I, I, and I, I remember kind of. At that point, reading it through and thinking, "Huh," and then kind of leaving it. <laughs> and so, at the beginning of this year, actually for me, it's been a year of exploration. A year of exploration with this teaching and this this practice. I decided to kind of take it up and really practice with it. And and so, I've been giving some different teachings through the year um, on, on on these recollections. And I think it's no coincidence that they're called the five daily recollections. The five daily recollections. And that actually, I want to talk a bit about the benefits, the treasures, the what um, is uh, frequent recollection, remembering of these uh, truths of our mortal existence, that actually what what that bring what that can bring the potential of that which is with all practices that the buddha offers ha, have if we can engage with with skillfulness you know with some patience with some persistence can bear great fruit and this one is no exception and I just want to um my hope is that some of, for those of you who don't know these teachings, that it may be a, an introduction to this teaching and this practice that you you might want to take up for yourself if you wish in in your life. So when I when I um, started uh, practicing with these almost almost a year ago, I was staying somewhere and I, I'd walk around this path around a property and. Um, I, I've, I've said this before, but I, it's an image that that is so. It, it just it speaks so well to the way. So I was walking around the path, you know, kind of going, I am of the nature to grow old, I am of the nature to, <coughs> to get ill. You know, I was going around. I was just saying this over and over again, and I, and I wasn't getting anywhere. And <laughs> I was just thinking, is this what you're supposed to do? And it's not working, you know. I just, you know, and this image came into my mind of the Monty Python film, The Holy Grail. And I don't know if any of you know this film, but there's an amazing scene where there are these monks, right, and they're walking around and they're chanting and muttering something. You know, why, you know. And they have this this sort of board and, and so they go... Um, thud And they bang it against their forehead, and then they'll come, well, Oh, you know, I am the nature to die. Thud. <laughs> <laughs> I am the nature to mm. go. Do, do, do any of you know this scene? I hope I'm slightly, slightly. <laughs> amazing. And it I helped me a lot, actually. <laughs> it made me laugh, but it also. Hmm, mind state. What mind state is in operation here? You know, attitude been going on and on about that, and I realized that I was seeing it as a kind of thing to beat myself with, you know, oh God, yeah, like another really depressing thing to like, yeah, you know, okay, you know, um, and so I started to read about read about these and read books and listen to talks and think about it, and so on and so on, and one day I was in the bath now i don't know for if it, if for me, this can sometimes be a, a place of revelation <laughs> um, in this case, it was I was lying in the bath, you know, having one of those despairing I'm never going to I don't really understand this practice and I can't get to grips with it and how how's it going to mean anything to me you know, so I was lying in the bath sort of and I started to sort of let it sort of run through my my mind, my heart, my, my being. And, and these are the, the words that I came up with. So I just want to share with you how I translated it, which for me was my way in to the teaching. And I'll, I'll say it again later, but for now. Breathing gently, I lovingly remember. This body is ageing. Breathing gently, I lovingly remember, this body is vulnerable to illness. Breathing gently, I lovingly remember, this body will die. Breathing gently, I lovingly remember, loss is part of life. Breathing gently, I lovingly remember to meet this moment with wisdom, a bit different. Yeah. and maybe again, that doesn't doesn't speak to you, but it it did to me and I, and I think sometimes like with the metaphrases, you know we're often saying, Find your own words, what's your Way for me, somehow, for me, that helped me to begin to take it in. And part of this, I think it, it also is relevant to a lot of our practice here, whatever kind of practice we do. It's, a, it's, it's an, an, an idea that I picked up from Stephen Batchelor, that a lot of what we actually, that the work of practice to do, is to translate thoughts into the language of feeling. Yeah. To translate thoughts into the language of feeling, and feeling in this case meaning heart chitta, you know, that emotional mind, mind heart, which in a way it, it, it ha- its this wordless realm, isn't it? You know, language is—it's—it's um, it's so limited in a way. It's so—it can be so helpful, but it's so limited. And somehow the language of the heart, sometimes it's easier for us to... Like, I'm always waving my arms about, because I think sometimes that is one way of com- communicating something. Or, or, or images, you know, similes, um, that story, you know, the tiger story. Or, 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 you know, so many of you have been talking over you know, these wonderful these images, and that, uh, you, oh, yeah, that helps and we understand something more directly and i think for me that that was part of what it was kind of helping me to translate somehow this these teachings into a language that the heart could more easily resonate with but that's you know maybe going to be different for you and, and and maybe it takes a number of baths you know to <laughs> discern your own you know, well, sometimes it's music, isn't it? It's like later on this evening as part of the, the thing. Um, <laughs> play you some music and I think sometimes, you know, that's like can go very directly to that, the language of the heart. So um, I'd like to to just talk a little bit now about what for me have been some of the fruits of practicing with, with these teachings. And um, that it's uh, been a surprise, been surprising to me. And I realized when I came back to prepare for this talk, I realized how differently, for example, the first version, I, I am of the nature to grow old. I, I hear it very differently now. It like, was just really interesting. Somebody, I, I was, I was doing, I was offering these teachings, and it was like this whole sense of the nature, nature. This word, like we are part of nature, natural, and I started to ah, you no, know, being being part part of of something, part of of nature, not separate from that, yeah. So I really, there's so many, I won't go on too much, but there was, it's just been so, it's just been such a rich investigation. So, so much, um, so much in there. Wendell Berry, he wrote this. The law that marries all things. The cloud is free only to go with the wind. The rain is free only in falling. The water is free only in its gathering together, in its downward courses, in its rising into the air. In law is rest, if you love the law, if you enter singing into it as water in its descent. So um, I know in my own life, um, it's uh, several years ago now that my beloved foster mother died and how difficult that was for me, how, well, traumatic really. And I think part of the inspiration for me to practice was maybe these teachings can help prepare me for the next loss. Or, you know, it's like I don't want to suffer that much again. So that's part of my motivation in this. And I think I think it's important I want to say that that it's not always the right time for this teaching or practice and so really to feel free to not be picking it up and you know maybe keep it for another time. I remember that when I I once was in this hall listening to several years ago, I think, listening to a talk on on death by Catherine McGee. And um, I just really, uh, I don't know quite what I got hold of, but I just just somehow, it seemed appropriate to spend the whole rest of the evening sort of, I don't know, weeping and wailing and grieving and I walked up and down and cried and and, and I wrote and then I went outside and walked and, 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 and it... I think that sometimes that is appropriate and that's what we need to do. And But somehow I think, I, I think that there's also something in this about um, something quieter, a quieter process of where we can just listen. We can, you know, when we repeat these phrases that we are gradually, gradually over time kind of attuning ourselves with the, the truth of things, in this case, the truth of our mortality, and that it's not, it doesn't, I think for me, maybe some of us, we're a bit prone to melodrama. Anybody else, like, you know, any other drama queens in here, you know? And that it's somehow, you know, transformation has to be this, like, you know, sort of, you know, and then I'm, ah! You no, know, it's like, you know, and I I don't... I mean, I think there are, you know, moments like that. But my, you know, my experience over the years is like, well, hmm, you know, these big shifts happen. And then, you know, something else happens and you realise, oh, you know, it's not all done. So too gently, you know, these these phrases, this, this gentle repetition and how much, you know... I, I don't know if you already get a sense of that, like this kind of one of the senses I began to get as soon as I found a way into this was like a relief. Oh, I am of the nature to get sick. It's not a mistake. I was I was quite sick recently on a train. I spent half the train journey in the toilet feeling terribly nauseous. You know, it was horrible. <laughs> And actually, I did use this teacher. I was going. This is what you get for being born, you know. <laughs> what, what a workout, you know. It's absolutely horrible. And then I'm worrying about all the other people who can't get in the toilet because I'm sitting in here. <laughs> going, Please forgive me, you know. Please understand. I think you'd rather I was in here if you knew what was about to, <laughs> if You knew what was about to happen. You'd be happy that I'm in here and not out there. And then late, anyway, I won't go on the whole story. <laughs> but I, you know, it definitely was, it's something I use a lot more now when I'm, when I'm ill. I mean, that, that it's, it's like, yeah, this is normal in a way, you know? I mean, it is, isn't it, actually? We all get ill in different ways. And then when it happens, we're outraged. Why is this happening to me? (laughs) This shouldn't be happening. This is inconvenient. I'm on the blaming train, you know? (laughs) Just like, next week would be much easier, you know? And I I mean, I'm I'm sort of making light of it, but I I know it, you know, it's... it's, um, Hey, isn't that amazing that that we, you know, this this is maybe why this practice is so important and helpful, because we are unconsciously in denial. You know, know, I think a lot of it is just, we don't even realize think, you know, well, I'm aging. Yeah, no, that happens to someone else. I'm still young. (laughs) You know, and then I was actually looking in the mirror earlier through my glasses, because <laughs> now I'm definitely getting older, and you know, you know, my eyes are going, my eyesight's going. So I can look in the mirror and think, oh well, yeah, you know, it's like, you know, you still look kind of, you know, roughly whatever age. And then I, <laughs> I looked at my glasses, and I was like, oh god, <laughs> it's like, yeah, the skin is definitely not what it was ten years ago. hmm Yeah, aging is happening shouldn't happen to me. You know that feeling? Isn't that amazing? Because you know, on a rational level, this is absolutely madness. But it's so um... and so maybe that's why you know these these teachings like daily recollection, because the, the delusion reasserts itself that quietly and we carry on, you know, in that till we get another shock, till we get another wake-up call. So the relief of attuning to the truth, and that's true for every single person in this room, you know, all of us. I've had the privilege of working on the Living with Illness and Loss retreat for the last three years. And one of the wonderful things about that retreat is we all sit round in a circle in here, and there's such an amazing kind of thing that begins to, one of the key things about that retreat, I think, is that the people start going, It's not just me. And it's deeply healing. Deeply, deeply healing. You know, just thinking about it and just remembering that from the more recent one. And and, and also, I've, I've, you know, I feel it here. It's already happened a little bit here in, in small groups. And people share. And, you know, there's this just tremendous sense of, ah. Oh, connection non separation isn't it those moments when your heart opens to another person's situation and it's just in a way there's something so so beautiful in that so liberating actually so there's such potential here for if it's if it's you know done in an appropriate way for for a deep Deepening our Samatha Vipassana, for deepening our sense of being able to find calm and steadiness in life, you know, amidst the vicissitudes, amidst the comings and goings and losses and gains, that we can really, by abiding, by aligning ourselves with what is true, we are the safest we can be. And that goes completely against a lot of our conditioning, doesn't it? You know. We want to run like heck into delusion, please, you know. So we, we um, this practice, uh, this teacher, wonderful teacher Larry Rosenberg has written a book on this practice, practice, these five recollections. He says, this practice flushes out fear. See that this fear is impermanent and not self. Confidence comes from seeing that fear is workable. This can be hugely freeing. We need to work with our resistance to fear. So just this this is another part, if you like, a gift or treasure from this practice. I think that and i guess we all know this don't we when things happen and the fear the fear of loss of our own life or health or another person the fear and larry is encouraging us you know to see that actually a lot of what like he's saying this this practice can can if if we if we really open to it can can actually bring out this fear and again you know in a in a supported practice environment where we can actually work with the fear because in a way I mean it's just something for you to investigate for yourself it's actually the fear that's the real problem it's it's our resistance to the fear this is something for you to really look into and that actually when we can turn towards that something something amazing can happen and I, th- I think a lot of my grief and the trauma around my foster mother's death was somehow i wasn't my somehow i wasn't quite i didn't feel strong enough or connected enough with others to really to really practice with the fear it was too frightening it was it was too much so hmm. I, I feel like I already I have a sense that this practice has been working gently on me to to sort of help me with sort of letting go. My mother, my biological mother, who's now kind of getting quite elderly and and uh, recent interaction with her, and, and then that relationship has been very troubled, very difficult in lots of ways, very beautiful in lots of ways... And there was a very painful, potentially very painful moment at the end of a conversation when she said she never wanted to see me again. And it's okay. You know, it hurts. I don't think I could have said that a year ago. You know, I didn't spin out. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Pretty amazing. And so, I just, I mean, I, I, I just, I think that, you know, all this practice that we're doing, we, 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 we don't know if it's working really. You know, sometimes we talk about, is it working, and try this way, and try that way. Oh yes, I'm doing it like this, and it's really working. <laughs> and then I'm doing it like this, and it's not working. You yeah, know, we have to be a bit careful with that. Because we don't really know, and sometimes we can be labouring away with some practice and we don't think we're getting anywhere, and then something happens in your life and you think, oh, blimey, i dealt with that a bit differently than I would have done a while ago. Maybe something is working. I want to read you an amazing poem, probably some of you know again, the amazing poet Mary Oliver which I think is uh, extraordinary um, sort of... Well, I won't. I'll just read you the poem. Look, the trees are turning their own bodies into pillars of light, are giving off the rich fragrance of cinnamon, and fulfillment The long tapers of cattails are bursting and floating away over the blue shoulders of the ponds and every pond no matter what its name is nameless now Every year everything in I have ever learned in my lifetime leads back to this The fires and the black river of loss, whose other side is salvation, whose meaning none of us will ever know. To live in this world, you must be able to do three things. To love what is mortal, to hold it against your bones, knowing your own life depends on it. And when the time comes to let it go, to let it go. So maybe just a couple of other treasures that um, maybe this practice and maybe actually many of the other practices we're doing can can bring is this sense of, of you know, gratitude and appreciation that when we are dangling, when we really know, when we really know that we are so precarious and that so are others, you know, the sense of love and appreciation and um, wonder can, can open up. And, yeah, maybe, maybe one, one last thing before I'd like to share the practice with you a little bit more. And that is, can we allow are this opening to our our mortal precariousness to help us clarify what really matters you know, what we really value and want to give our attention to and what we can um, allow our life to be because of that, because of of that knowledge. So there's a phrase, I I think I got it from Stephen Batchelor again. Since death is certain and the time of death uncertain, what should I do? Mm. now you can practice with that for a year since death is certain and the time of death uncertain what should I do So, I'd like to just for the last part of the of the talk, I'd like to invite you to to join me if you wish in in just really contemplating these these phrases, and I'm going to use the ones that I invented. I hope that you can. I'm going to put them up on the board so you can use them if you want to um, subsequently. But just for now, I'd like to invite you to sit and to. Or to just wherever you are, you don't necessarily have to move, but just really find your find your place again. Find your seat. So I'm just going to read each phrase a couple of times and then pause. Just for you to let it sink in. And just... Or if you want to repeat the phrase quietly to yourself, you can. Or just let it go by. Just let it... Let it go by. Let it go in, whatever. And... Let's just begin by just feeling a sense of our togetherness. I feel it so palpably, perhaps you do, perhaps you don't, but that we are breathing the same air. We are, we are, we are we. Breathing gently, I lovingly remember, this body is ageing. Breathing gently, I lovingly remember, this body is ageing. Breathing gently, I lovingly remember, this body is vulnerable to illness. Breathing gently, I lovingly remember, this body is vulnerable to illness. Breathing gently, I lovingly remember, this body will die. Breathing gently, I lovingly remember, this body will die. Breathing gently, I lovingly remember, loss, loss is part of life. Breathing gently, I lovingly remember, loss is part of life. Breathing gently, I lovingly remember to meet this moment with wisdom. Breathing gently, I lovingly remember to meet this moment with wisdom. so just for now letting go of the phrases and just resting for a few moments just being together here and I'd like to finish um, this session with sharing a a piece by the 6th Zen Patriarch there's been a lot of Zen wisdom around this week and Perhaps I I love this because for me it points so clearly to the potential, our potential for liberation and freedom in this very life. In this moment there is nothing which comes to be. In this moment, there is nothing which ceases to be. Thus, in this moment, there is no birth and death to be brought to an end. Thus, the absolute peace is this present moment. Although it is just this moment There is no limit to this moment and herein is eternal delight.